Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. And we hope you're all doing great out there. Hey, yeah. we did want to remind you guys to also check out our social media. We are, uh, we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook. Yep. The uh, Twitter handle is uh, PTI underscore podcast. And on Facebook, you can find us at Pardon the Intermission. So uh, yeah, if you want to interact with uh, us, with interact with us there, uh, please uh, look us up on the social media. Yep. You can leave uh, uh, comments and, and leave ideas for content, things you want us to maybe check out, review. Absolutely, especially on Facebook. On occasion, I'll be posting uh, links to some of our uh, new episodes that we have recorded and previous episodes. I'll also post some links to the stories that we discuss because I think it's interesting for you guys to know. I have no idea what that is. Dude, that's my phone, isn't is it? Is that you? I'm just going to shut it up. Okay, there, there we go. go. Sorry. <laughs> that was my bad. Sorry, Oh, my folks. gosh. You know what's strange? What's that? Well, you know, our first story tonight was about ghost hunters, and then all of a sudden your phone just pops off with that. All right. Now you're creeping me out. Isn't that weird? <laughs> as I was saying, on occasion, I'll post links to stories that we talk about as well, because I think it's just interesting for you guys to know what the, the source material is that we're quoting from. So anyway, yes. yeah, follow us on social media. And on, on Twitter, yeah. I'm pretty much just reposting whatever Todd Stashwick says at this point. Cause, uh, it, it's true. Eric has He's my motor- captain. Yeah. Captain, oh, captain, my captain, or whatever yeah, that Yeah, oh, from is. Dead Poets Society. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Eric has, literally, folks, I kid you not, Eric has devoted our Twitter page to a Todd Stashwick, Todd Stashwick <laughs> bromance social media account. Seriously, I, he has a bromance with Todd Stashwick. I'm guaranteed yeah. of that. I can't wait for that series. That's what we're, we're, we're pulling <laughs> right. for that, right? Star Trek Legacy. Right. Let's do it. Ding, ding, ding. Come on, right. Terry. Let's do this, Terry Don't Matlis. let us down, Terry. But hey, you know what? Speaking of ghostly yes. encounters, we're not at October yet, but still kind of a Halloween theme to open up with here. Well, yeah, you know, it was it was real interesting. My wife and I, my wife loves Ghost Hunters, so we're always watching. Yeah. We've watched it ever since it started, and it had a, okay. a uh oh, there's the we we've got the ghost again um, not for long. It, it started. Uh, I think they're on season sixteen now. I mean, it started a long time ago. We would all we just love watching it. You know, they, so Ghost Hunters. If anybody doesn't know, they go out. You know, they're basically one of these shows, kind of a reality show. They go out to these. Yeah. Uh, they go out to these uh, buildings. You know, these different places that are supposedly haunted or see ghosts. They put up all the cameras. They walk in there, the night vision, and they're trying to get recordings and they're trying to get you know video evidence of the ghost. Right. Um, um, and it's uh, basically uh, it's done by the TAPS team. And I think, what is the TAPS team? I think it's the Atlantic Paranormal Society is what TAPS stands for. So they're, And they're actually more back east. Okay. But it was really interesting. So season 16 started off with, uh, at least for us, uh, we're located in Fresno, mm-hmm. but uh, a little south to us in Kings County is Hanford. Yeah. And the Ghost Hunters uh, team was there. In Hanford, and I didn't know, and I'm like, Whoa. I'm just watching the show, and they're all like, and t- tonight in Hanford, I'm like, what? They're what like, the heck? They were like so close. Right. So it was very interesting. So anyway, just to go over real quick, so they were in a, a, a building called the Bastille. Now, originally the Bastille was a uh, jail that they had set up in Hanford way back, and I think it was built in the 1800s. It says, yeah, it's, it's more than 125 years, years old. old. And... Uh, uh, it's, it has a lot of lot of uh, interaction. Okay, the Bastille was originally it was a jail, and supposedly it was it used French to house, prison. huh? No, no, well, this wasn't for French people. This is uh, we're well, talking we're talking cowboy days here in the the one in Hanford. 
the one in Hanford was a French prison? The, the more famous one that we history buffs <laughs> yeah. know is uh, the Bastille in France. In fact, that, that was about um, uh, the Bastille in France was when uh, all of the uh, inmates broke out. And so that actually in Paris, they celebrate in France, they celebrate Bastille Day. Yes, yes, because, yes. But that, that's, in, that's in France. Sorry, this I one f- is just called... This Boy, one is called the Bastille, and to tell you the truth, I, did I, I just muck that up or what? Yeah, you did. But anyway, oh, sorry. <laughs> but th- this one here is is uh, uh, not from France. It's from uh, the Central Valley here yeah. in California. Um, but basically, it's it's uh, says that it's captured the imagination of residents. I'm just reading from uh, the Hanford Sentinel dot uh, okay. They had an article about it. Yeah, uh, captured the imagination of residents for decades who've reported encountering apparitions and other strange activity in the building. Mm-hmm. Now it says in years since it was a formal a formal wild west jail and uh in in watching the episode it was real interesting because yeah it showed that it was a jail and it could house like about 30 inmates well yeah. i guess they kind of had a run where they had a lot of a uh, lot of uh characters back in those days and this thing was like packed to the gills they had over like 100 or close to 200 inmates in this thing mm-hmm. men women and even some children were housed there i don't know what wow. the children did that were against the law but <laughs> um so they had a lot of crazy stuff there were some people that died there was some hanging guy tried to kill himself there was a lot of crazy stuff yeah so anyway, it had it was a really fun episode. They went there um, later in years uh, at this Bastille. It turned into a restaurant, mm-hmm. and even the people that worked there said they've had some experiences with possibly. Um, so anyway, it was just a really fun episode to watch. Lo- that it was you know semi locally uh, here for us tied in, yeah, tied in, yeah. You know when they're doing the air shots of right. uh, Hanford, you're like, oh yeah, there's Superior Dairy, and right. you know it's like it's kind of cool. me hungry now for ice cream. <laughs> so I anyway. think it's really cool here that Chandler Riggs from The Walking Dead oh, was yeah, part yeah. of that episode. For those of you who don't know, Chandler Riggs portrayed um, Rick Grimes' son Carl in uh, The Walking Dead. Mm, yeah, Does, I can't remember. Did he? Uh, he's only what couple seasons? What did he? How long was he on there for? Uh, he was on there for. Th- let me see. Walking Dead is what coming on to season eight or nine or ending. I don't. I lost track of Walking Dead to be honest with you, but he was on there for at least five or six seasons, I think. And 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 he did a real. Uh, oh, here's the here's the other thing I will say too. And he, and he did he did a great job. I mean, usually you yeah. see some of these uh, uh, celebrity guys that kind of hook up with the, these kind of shows, you know. Right. And it's kind of like oh, okay, whatever, you know. But actually, he did a really good job. He was really into the investigation. Okay. Um, the other thing that was interesting is that they did uh, they did this technique where they would. They would go like uh, uh, they had got contact with this. It almost was like this was not real because they got in. I, I will say this: they got in contact with this one supposed spirit, mm-hmm. where they were doing this thing. They're going like, okay, you know, tap when you when you because uh, they're trying to spell out the person's name. So they they yeah. said, you know, tap when you when we come to your letter. And so they did. They go A B C D, and then they'd hear a tap, and they okay, it's C. You know, A B C D E F G, and they get another tap. So basically, it spelled out the, a name of this guy who used to be the sheriff there. Huh. They actually, they didn't know at the time, they spelled out this name, and, and as as the people are hearing, you know, you have the people inside the building, and with taps, you have the others that are in the van watching right. the video. And do this. Well, they're looking it up, and they're like, oh my gosh, the guy really is the sheriff. And it says, what what do you need? What do you need us to do? What are you looking for? And uh, uh, he spelled out pin, and he took took that guy, Cody, that you're talking about, took him right to yeah. a spot. Well, there was nothing there. Okay. So one of the other guys came up, uh, Jason Hawes, the main guy from from Taps, came up. Mm-hmm. He was able to pull kind of the, the face board off the, the bottom of the floor, and there was a pen, like an old fountain pen, that was 
un- behind these boards. No way. Yeah, it was the craziest thing. Oh it was gosh. one of those things, man. You're like, wait, is this thing? What is this right. set up? I don't know. Is this man. America's Funniest Home Videos this, or something? <laughs> yeah, are they? Yeah. So anyway, that was a cool moment. I just oh, wanted to mention man. that because that was kind of a local thing for us. You yeah. said you haven't watched it yet. But no, no, I haven't. But um, I'll, I'm sure it's available to stream or something, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's on Discovery. They, Discovery, they do it on okay. Discovery Plus, yeah. So they, I'll the, definitely the first, check it out. So yeah. I think it's season 16. This is the first episode of the new okay. season. So anyway, hey, uh, we're going right. to move along. And I know you wanted to talk about there was a Star Wars celebration, right? Yes. And you had some good stuff to talk about that. So. Oh, some great stuff. So yes, every year Star Wars has their big get-together, their big shindig. It's called Star Wars Celebration, where they come out and the, the producers, the execs, actors, whoever is involved with Star Wars will come out and they'll let all the fans know about everything coming up involving Star Wars, mm. anticipated shows, movies, series, stuff like that. Well, obviously there is a huge treasure trove of Star Wars content that's going to be coming out here in the coming years. And one of the biggest stories that kind of broke uh, Star Wars fans' hearts in a way was uh, at Star Wars Celebration Fest, it was announced that there is going there are going to be three more Star Wars films. Ooh. They're going to feature Daisy Ridley's character, Ray from the sky. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how fans uh, were enthused about that news. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, now what we don't know is whether or not these films are going to be episodes 10, 11, and 12. But what we do know is that um, the movie, these movies with Daisy Ridley's character Ray, are going to involve uh, surround center around her trying to basically rebuild the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be set. Uh, one will be set during um, right after the rise of Skywalker, and then another one is going to be set kind of like in between. Um, so it, it's interesting how they're kind of approaching this, but I, I, you know, and I guess the social media backlash on this announcement was really huge because now people are slamming Daisy Ridley for being involved in Star Wars again because obviously yeah. she was involved with the Skywalker trilogy, and I guess now. A lot of Star Wars actors are going to Twitter and saying, hey, don't blame Daisy for something that she wasn't responsible for. She didn't write the damn stuff. She just acted in it. Yeah, well, here, here you know but, what? And, and I'll jump in here real quick because on yeah. that point, um, I was on, speaking of that, I was on uh, Twitter yeah. and uh, my buddy uh, Terry Matalis, not really my buddy, but uh, maybe someday he will be. Maybe. Uh, maybe he'll just be my Twitter for- friend. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, he did post. He said, listen, he goes, I, uh, uh, I wasn't going to post because everybody was talking about this Ray situation. And he yeah. posted here, uh, uh, he's talking about how his uh, uh, Twitter feed is already a dumpster, f- dumpster fire of various forms of haters. But he says, yeah. Daisy, he made a good point. Daisy is a star. No matter what any of us thinks about any of those movies, she deserves another go. If they asked me which character I'd want to pick up on, I would have gone Ray. And that was his, his take. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't necessarily, I do agree with, I, th- I think it's not the actress. You know, I think Daisy Ridley, I think she did, you know, a good job of playing Ray for what they wanted. I mean, listen, she didn't yeah. direct the thing. She didn't write the. She didn't write it. Right. Know, she was playing mm-hmm. a character. I think she did good. Yeah. But uh, obviously, I think this is like you're saying. It's very disappointing for yeah. for fans because I think they want to see a different story in a new and a whole new uh, direction here. Mm-hmm. 
and they're scared of the same. Listen, yeah. we just talked about this our last show. Mando's crapping out. All the Star Wars shows are crapping out. The only one, the best one so far, Andor, mm-hmm. which I that's the only one I have hope. Yeah. Andor, you're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have hope for but, future projects on the on the pipeline here, but 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 anyway, go, but so go, go, sorry, but go ahead. No, no, what I was just with. yeah, what I was going to say was that in addition to that news, we know that there's going to be uh, a film called Star Wars: Dawn of the Jedi, which this has piqued my curiosity, is going to be directed by James Mangold, who is a really good director. James Mangold directed um, the movie Logan with uh, Hugh Jackman in it, mm-hmm. the last Wolverine film that he was in before yeah. he'll be making his return as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. But James Mangold also did the remake of 310 to Yuma with Russell Crowe and Christian mm. Bale, which is sneaky good. And he also did one of the most underrated police drama movies out there called Copland with Sylvester Stallone, oh, Robert De Niro, and see it. It's excellent. But at any rate, so this movie that will be directed by Mangold called Dawn of the Jedi will take place approximately 25 thousand years before the events of the skywalker saga and star wars fans listen up here it's going to be listed as the era before the old republic Mm. so we're going to start to see the formation of the jedi and the formation of the sith as well so it sounds like that is going to be really cool and then also we're going to see some new series as well like the ahsoka tano series the, the teaser trailer for that series just dropped at Celebrate, Star Wars Celebration Fest. And that looks like it might be hopefully promising. Oh, man. I but don't have I don't have good feelings. Cautiously out okay, well I'm gonna be cautiously, yeah, cautiously optimistic. 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 I know given what we just said about the Mandalorian season three in our last episode, I hear you, Eric. I believe me, I, I have that same trepidation you do, but so yeah. And then there's also going to be a number of other projects on the storyboard as well. Uh, they may even go back have to what the skeleton crew. I don't know much about that one. Right. But the, that one's coming out. Yeah. That one's coming out. And so, um, yeah, a lot of stuff that they have in the pipeline here. So it's going to be real interesting to see how all of this comes to fruition. And this really has me geeked here as well. Hmm. There may even be um, a movie that Dave Filoni directs that involves. Hello, I heard hello. about the Mandalorians. Mandalorians, but also will introduce Grand Admiral Thrawn mm. from a live action Grand Admiral Thrawn from the um, Heir to the Empire, the novels that take place after. Um, after episodes four, five, and six. So, yay. Now, we saw an animated Grand Admiral Thrawn in, uh, I think, with Star Wars Rebels, but we're going to see a live-action Thrawn coming up here. So a lot of Star Wars content coming out in the next five to ten years here, folks. You know what, though? But I, I'm I'm just, I, I don't I don't have good feelings about it, man. I'm, okay. You know, here, and we've talked about it numerous times on this podcast, and, and the problem yeah. is, is that, you know, is Kat, okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is Kathleen Kennedy, is she still there or is she gone? I keep hearing that she was gone and she waits. No, she's really there. No, she's really gone this time. Now she's like, well, she's kind of around. Kathleen Kennedy is still the head of Lucasfilm. Oh, my God. She's still the head of Lucasfilm. But, and I will st- I will stress the word but, she abdicated creative control of the... Um, of the of the Star Wars franchises and the canon projects to John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Now, this is a good news bad news scenario because while Dave Filoni and John Favreau can write the content and create it all, Kathleen Kennedy still has to sign off on it. So, mm-hmm. if they're sitting in a room and they're both and all parties involved are at a table like you and I are right now and they hand John and Dave hand the script off to Kathy if she looks at it and doesn't like it she can sign off on it and say no even if it's yeah, a good script to them 
she can just sign off and say no. So she's yeah. st- even though she's not involved with the creative process, she still has essentially creative control. She does. She still signs all the checks and she still approves all the yeah. projects. And you know, and to be honest, I don't know much about her past. All I know <clears throat> is that you know it's kind of like she's sitting in, in the chair. She's she's the one. Mm-hmm. And well, what I'm saying is that you know I don't know if she's ever really done good for the Star Wars universe, but. I mean, obviously, at this point, I mean, everything, it's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. It, it's terrible. And and going going back to the celebration, you know, I, I think the fans, right, are, like you said, they're upset yeah. about they're upset about the character of Rey coming back because they say it's the same old, same old. Yes. You saw how they treated legacy characters. I mean, Han yeah. Solo was treated like crap when he came back. And, yeah. and Luke, they completely destroyed, they tried to destroy Luke in any way they could and made him a laughingstock. <clears throat> yeah. Um, this whole, you know, well, we're going to have new movies where she's going to recreate the Jedi. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm really not interested, uh, to yeah. be honest with you, because, I mean, they've lost me. It would have been different if they would have kept the, the hype, if they would have been able to do this franchise right mm-hmm. um, with all those movies come, that came out, Boba Fett, Kenobi, all that stuff. You know, the fans, though, I think the fans do feel a lot like I feel, which is like, how many times can we get, you know, smacked over the head with this, you know... Uh, franchise that that's you know they're just they're completely just tossing away i mean they're they're completely destroying everything that we liked about star wars and and like i said in in last thing uh last episode we uh last podcast we you know i hung in there with mandalorian and even the little side trip they went on Mm -hmm. when they were in the city um you know and and they kind of did you know i was like okay I'm, i'm still hanging in and the the last episode jack black and all that no i'm done it's like ah over it I'm just, I'm kind of I'm sad I'm really sad because you know they're destroying a great they, product. Well, it, to some extent they are. Yes, uh, and I won't pull any punches. Is a lot of their most recent stuff garbage? Yeah, absolutely it is. <clears throat> it hurts me to say that as a Star Wars fan, but you know what? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry, folks. It hurts me to say that as a diehard Star Wars fan. Um, but it I I think what they've done is they have sacrificed great storytelling for the sake of making a buck. And they've now turned yeah. this into a large gal- gal- intergalactic cash cow, knowing that we're still going to come back. As bad as we talk about it, some of us at least, we're still going to come back and view everything because we want you know, Star Wars. But at the same point, I think it's also kind of like the MCU, where we're now starting to see a little bit of a burnout <clears throat> with all the content that's coming out, especially yeah. all of the bad content that's coming out. Because you don't, you, you can, you can't destroy a fan base any worse. Than creating too much of a good thing and have it completely fizzle out with bad storytelling. Yeah, we saw it happen. We've seen it happen with the MCU. It's still happening with the MCU, <clears throat> and it's now starting to come to fruition with Star Wars. And you're right, Eric. It's taken away from what made Star Wars so popular. Was that galaxy far, far away that is so expansive that has so many stories to tell? But you're now trying to make an unnecessary story out of certain stories. I even read a report, like for example, I read a story last week where they're now thinking about creating a spinoff series about those two, those little engineer characters that were in, um, that were in rise of Skywalker. The ones that, you know, warped, uh, that got C-3PO's mind. Uh, they were reprogramming C-3PO, the little hairy looking guys, the little, um, mm. 
I don't remember what their characters' names are now again, but when I read that, I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm. You want to make a spin-off standalone series about those three little those three little well, jabberwockies? It's probably because what they they, they were kind of cute or they had a little bit of, they got a little bit of yeah. audience reactions. See the, the problem factor. The, yeah, yeah, the problem is uh, I mean I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at my baby Grogu here across the room. The, like the problem too. the problem is is that you know they, they get a, a character like that. Like we talked about last podcast, Grogu and and you know and that's what they're doing they just want to sell ip they it's like you know they've completely uh, made a joke of it. So if they get a reaction from some character, right? Like, oh, there's a what are those things called a porg or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, oh, let's have yeah. a, a show about a porg. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Right? <laughs> you know, that would be yeah, yeah. Anyway, that that would be the that actually, you know, what the the equivalent of that would be like uh, Star Trek having just oh, let's have a, a triple show. I mean, you know, let's have a whole show about a triple. You can't understand the things. I don't. I mean, it makes no sense. But they do. They have they have such great stories, like you said, in this galaxy, mm-hmm. and they've they've completely <clears throat> just cheapened it. And I think and people are just burned out. They're tired. They're tired of the bad storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So, but at any rate, we'll have to stay tuned. And suffice it to say, Eric, I'm I'm a hypocrite. Here, I'm talking bad about some of it, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to watch well, it and give it a chance and see how it turns out not not to shift gears too much but we just had i I haven't seen it yet but we just had the mario movie come out oh yeah yeah right and that movie they're saying that movie in the opening weekend is going to do more than what what was that other one uh strange worlds Mm -hmm. it's going to do more in the opening weekend than strange worlds did in the whole run theater run wow it's going to make more money it's already it's already uh, it's already up to like close to 200 million Jeez, and you know why? And I've heard some people review it, and they say it's it's a great movie, and it's pretty, and it's a lot of member berries, and you know, and all this stuff. But but I wanted to point this out um, that I found this off of Variety. There was an article about this. Is that about, the one about John Leguizamo slamming it? <laughs> yeah, he looks real real smart, doesn't he? Yeah, right. I don't. What did, what was he talking about? He said there's not enough representation, <clears throat> and I'm like, wait a minute. John Leguizamo is he Italian? Because isn't Mario Italian? And I, Luigi? Luigi? Yeah. Mario? Yeah, I guess he's Italian, but Leguizamo was cast as Luigi in the 93 Super Yeah, I Mario remember Bird. that. Yeah. yeah. So he was. So he came out and slammed this movie for not having an Italian, uh, an actor of Italian descent play Luigi in this movie. And I'm like, what, the, what this is, is just two things. Number one, a large glass of sour milk. And number two, John Leguizamo's drinking out of the cup, and he's just trying to kick dirt in people's faces for the sake of getting attention. That's all mm. he's doing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I read it, and I put it down after that, Eric, and I said, go gripe and complain to your mom or something, you know? Really. Well, here, I, I had this. I can't remember who this who this was this saying. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Mela Dandry, right? Okay. He's, uh, what is he? Is he the producer or is he the director of, uh, of that Mario movie? I can't uh, I remember. I think he might be the director. He might maybe? be the director, right? Yeah. Okay, so he, he's making a comment here. Uh, it, was, it was an article in Variety, and he's saying this. He got, they were asking him about, you know, well, what's the deal with, with this, you know, and, and <clears> as far as it being, seemed like it's being so successful. Yeah. He goes, it's not dissimilar to the process that we went through. He's talking about with Mario, uh, where you look at the core elements. Um, oh, wait. When you look at what the core elements are that the audiences loved, and you do your very best to honor those core elements. That wraps it up. That's what Star Trek Picard has done now, mm-hmm. season three. Yeah. That's what Mario's doing. Yeah. That's why Universal is in a position right now to basically completely wipe Disney as far as content off the map. Yep. 
I guess you know what I people are talking about how good this puts uh, put Puss in Boots was. I didn't see it. I haven't seen that yet. Have you seen that movie yet? The latest one? No, I haven't. They say that one was a great movie. There, you were going to talk about. They're coming out with a Shrek Five. It's going to be a Shrek Five coming possibly. out. Possibly, yeah. possibly. Illumination and and uh, DreamWorks mm-hmm. right now are wiping the floor with Disney. And as we keep talking, yeah. it's because this right here is the reason they're doing it. I mean, think about the mindset. How hard can it be? How hard Disney can it be? You, I'll read it one more time. You look at the, you look at what the core elements are that the audiences loved, and you do your very best to honor those core elements. How hard is it? It's hard because Disney got stuck with their hand in the cookie jar. They purchased Marvel. They purchased Star Wars, and they cater to a different type of demographic, a different type of audience, while at the same time neglecting their core audience, which was families. So you're right. Uh, you're right, Eric. It's Disney right now kind of stuck in that little loop of creativity trying to figure out, okay. And, and in a way, I kind of feel bad for Disney because... And their what? Exec- <laughs> I do. Yeah. No, seriously. I feel okay. bad for Disney's right. executives, and here's why. Okay. Okay. They not only have to placate the Disney fans... But they also have to placate the Marvel fans and the Star Wars fans all at the same time. All at the same time. They feel like they must feel like they're under constant pressure day and night to create these wonderful stories, uh, animated films from the Disney side and the Pixar side, and then come back and do uh, content that appeals to the MCU fans and then content that appeals to the Star Wars fans. Uh, Eric, I'll tell you what, I am glad I am not a Disney exec right now because mm-hmm. I would not want to have to deal with uh, that big burden of uh, of entertainment um, of entertainment responsibility. I, I would much rather be a consumer of it rather than a creator of well, it. Well, right you know, now. the the I, I think one of the one of the core elements to that <laughs> is just well, speaking of core elements. Uh, by oh. the way, let me just make a correction. Chris yeah. uh, Mella Dandry is okay. actually the CEO of Illumination. Is he founder okay. and CEO? That's what it says here. So uh, yeah, okay. sorry about that, Chris. Uh, anyway. Um, but uh, it goes back to what he's saying about the core elements, though. I mean, but you have to get people who love the content and put them... Look at Terry Matalis with Star Trek Picard Season 3. You have to get people who know the content, love the content, put them in charge of it. Yeah. When you don't have that and you just throw people in there mm-hmm. and they're going to do what they want to do, even people that sometimes... even Not necessarily even Disney's been, uh, uh, been uh, the one to do this, but other, let's say, uh, He-Man, Master of the Universe, when you have people in there that say, oh, yeah. I love the content and it's going to stay true and then it's a complete different uh, you know, uh, yeah. movie or show after they get done with it. I mean, that's what you're. That's what you have to do. You can't. You can't put these people in there that just don't care or just have their own agenda, and they're going to do what they want to do because they completely destroy it. And the fans are going to leave. They're not going to come back. Are you sure about that? I mean, we are talking about Disney here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they. They are a multi-billion. Regardless of whether whether they do it right or wrong, they are still a a multi-billion-dollar entertainment behemoth. And in some ways, Eric, you could argue that Disney has turned into an entertainment monopoly. Yes. To some extent. True. Uh, because they've cornered the market on all the major popular pop culture entertainment franchises so far, i.e. Star Wars and Marvel, by purchasing them. But where I'm going with this is I don't. I, I kind of disagree to some extent because I think people are still going to long for Disney regardless of how bad it is. Are they going to criticize it? 
Sure, we we've openly criticized them on several occasions. Yeah, that doesn't mean you and I aren't going to stop taking our our families to Disneyland. Doesn't mean that uh, you and I aren't going to. What are you? It might. It might. Well, uh, you know, to, to bring up that point. Now, you've you've been to Disneyland recently. Now, yeah. we we both went with our families in in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Right. Yes, we did, and we had a great time. Yes, we you, did. You've been there recently, and yes. I've been wanting to go. But I'll be honest with you, I've been okay. wanting to go. But you know, this constant nonsense of them getting political mm-hmm. them doing all their nonsense i don't know if we'll have time to talk about it but i'll just yeah. mention it real quick we were going to talk a little bit too about how they pulled a fast one on desantis over in florida mm-hmm. and they're kind of laughing about it and bob yep. Iger in his uh stakeholder meeting basically was saying that you know well you know he uh, desantis is anti-florida he's anti-business he's anti-this but you know i'm sorry you know you're going to start pulling this kind of nonsense here's the deal do good content, mm-hmm. focus on the parks, have a good have have the parks affordable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where families can go. Yeah. So my whole point, getting getting not to dive too deep into He's all that. Biting the hand that feeds him is what you're saying. My, yes, my whole point is that you know you're gonna yes there are always gonna be people who are gonna stay in there for Disney. But as yeah. far as people like me and I love Disney mm-hmm. I, for the most part, I love most of Disney. Yeah. But this constant nonsense that we've had over the last few years. I mean, you know, even even before Iger left originally yeah. and Chapek was in charge. Yeah. You know, this whole nonsense of, of getting political and getting in your face about it. You know, and he made the comment recently that, well, you know, I mean, a, 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 a business can have their political opinions. And I'm like, no, people have political opinions. Businesses should not be political. I don't want to go to Disney and be political and have to worry about all this nonsense. You go there to escape. It's an escapism, you know. And especially if you're going to these parks and with their high prices, Uh um, you know, a family can't afford it. So if I'm looking at that and I'm saying, let's see, do I want to go? Now, before, if, if, if none of this would happen, I'd be like, well, I could probably go into a little bit of debt to go to Disney. Sure. But now I'm like, you know what? Why am I going to spend my money there? Mm When I can go to Universal and have a better time and just get get what they want, they want to please the fans, yeah, you know, and not shove it in my face. Yeah. I might be choosing Universal. I might be going to Universal okay. Studios instead. All valid, good points. All you good, know? valid so, points. So yes. yeah, I, I think I think, and I don't think it's just me. I mean, I think a lot of people. Now, like I said, you'll have your hardcore people. Disney will always yeah. have people go back to it, yeah. but you know, you you have that you have that monopoly. You still have to pay for that. You still have to, you know, have mm-hmm. uh, make money for that big monolith, right? That big yeah. entertainment conglomerate. Yes. And if nobody's going to go see their movie, just like you got Mario wiping out mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the first weekend, making more than what Strange Worlds did their whole run, right? They can't, they can't survive on that, no, right? I, no, you're no, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. And now I will say this: I, I th- that these other animation studios, i.e., DreamWorks and Illusion. Illumination. Um, illumination, I'm sorry. Thank illumination. you. Illumination. Illumination. Right. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> the they're doing the right thing. They're they're taking they're taking a scope of the lay of the land and they're seeing mm-hmm. the struggles that Disney are having and they're saying, Oh man, let's just pick up the baton and run with this bad boy. Yeah. They're cornering the market now. So they're doing what they need to do to market their product to that Disney audience to try and wrap them in. It's look, Eric. 
you and I, we've never been professional entertainers in Hollywood. We don't know how the inner workings of the system work. But yeah. what I know from people that I have met and people I've talked to that have worked in that industry, Eric, it's a dog eat dog industry. Oh, sure. And yeah. there, there is no, there are no sad feelings for people who um, basically slip on a banana peel. And so there's no fear of backstabbing. There's no fear of, hey, look, let's go ahead and let's take advantage of these guys and let's cut them off at the knees while they're at their weakest and most vulnerable point. And that's what these other studios right now are doing. And so they're capitalizing on that Disney audience. And you know what? Rightfully, they should. If I was an executive, if I was Chris Melodondry and I was and I was scoping out how turbulent it's been for Disney over the last couple of years, damn, pardon my French, but damn right. I would market my movies and make better movies and bring in the best storytellers and say, hey, look, Disney's struggling right now. Let's yeah. take advantage of this. So they're doing the right thing. Yeah, They're doing what they have to do to make money to make good quality animated entertainment that families can still enjoy. Well, the point and the point is, too, that if, if you don't, if you know, you still have to do fan service. And, yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, I thought it would be a home run. They had the Star Wars Hotel. Right. Oh, in Florida, boy, and I that... thought that thing would be a home run. That thing's sinking. They're they're offering they're offering their employees discount to get somebody mm-hmm. in there. Well, gee, you know, when you tell people you're they're going to have to stay there for five thousand dollars a night, that kind of you know that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. But see, here's the problem. I, I think they've slipped into this thing where they think they can just slap. They can buy all this IP and they can just slap it out there, and and everybody's just going to go nuts and pay for it. Yeah. And you know, and I'll tell you, a lot of people complained about Galaxy's Edge too. And the fact is, is that uh, the the complaint, the big complaint, was that originally it was supposed to be legacy characters. What I mean by that is, of course, like Han and Luke, right? And and the only one they have in there is Chewbacca, but everybody yeah. else. But it's it's the the Ray and 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 uh, Kylo Ren show, yeah, in there. And uh, I, I think if they would have actually done, you know, the other went the other way, they they would have more of of a push for Galaxy's Edge too. I mean. It's a, it's very cool what they did with that. I mean, it's stunning to look at. But yeah. I mean, you know, as far as am I going to go, you know, am I going to go there? Just no, not really. Just because of that, you know. But I mean, they, they've got to pull. They've got to keep having. They got to put good content. Mm-hmm. They got to act like they're trying, and they can't just slap. They go, oh, we got a Star Wars property. Let's just slap it out there, and people are going to watch right. it on on Disney Plus. No, right, right, yeah, exactly. Because the Mandalorian uh, ratings are tanking, by the way. I mean, you know, they're rating. There's like their viewership is they're falling right out, right down, <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah. off. The, they're falling right down in that pit in the living waters where Mando fell in when he walked down. Remember to get bathed. Yep. The only difference is there's, <laughs> there's no redemption in these. There's waters no Bo-Katan to come and get you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> get the ratings. Right. Exactly. They're they're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic and they don't yeah. even know it. <laughs> so uh, going back to your original point with the Star Wars content, I I don't know, man. I I think. The problem is, is they had the built-in audience. Yeah, they really kind of crapped on them um, with with these shows. They've kind of disrespected the audience. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to have to work twice as hard. See, here's the thing: they're going to have to work twice as hard, maybe three times as hard, to try to get the people back. Because if they don't, then they're just going to put out mediocre content. And I mean, you know, you can't as a business, you can't function like that for too long. Disney should outright offer to sell. Marvel to a studio, a separate studio. Sony. So yeah, Sony or I'm, I don't know. I'm just whatever. saying. But and they should also offer to sell the, the Star Wars franchise to whoever. I don't well, know. they can't. I mean, they they have license. I mean, they always got Star Wars is really hooked into 
the yeah. parks and all that. Right. And I know I'm kind of speaking gibberish right now, but I mean, it just seems to me like, okay, if you're going to get back, if you say you're going to come out to your stakeholders and get back to what made Disney special, to me, it seems like you need to focus on just Disney then. And now I, now I know that there are different people that are running Marvel and running Star Wars, but it seems like, you know, they they're still sim- symbiotically connected to Disney. And so it's like, whatever they want to do, Disney needs to make sure that this is what they're going to do. I mean, Bob Iger spoke at, um, spoke at, at Comic-Con and uh, the Disney Expo down in Anaheim not too long ago and let his presence be known that he is still looking over all these projects with MCU and not so much Star Wars, more MCU though. But where I'm going with this is um, uh, in my naive little world, cut bait with Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. Just focus entirely on Disney. Well, at this point, I, I would have to say that maybe Disney would is needs to go in a completely new direction. And and I'll be and I'll and I'll say it. I was one of those guys when I heard that Iger was coming back that it was gonna be uh, uh, that it was a positive thing. Um, not remembering in the haze of the past Disney, not remembering that he kind of started this ball rolling down the hill before Chapek took over. Yep. And then now, you know, and it's one thing if he would have came in, and 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 the thing with Florida really bugs me, and, and it's not because of the politics of it, it's because of Disney's attitude towards it, the corporation attitude. It's kind of like yeah. if he would have came in and said, "Listen, hey, listen, we made mistakes, we need to work together," yeah. but him coming in and then now pulling this neener neener neener, we won, you know, type of attitude. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I mean that that goes back to what I'm saying. Do I want to spend my dollars with a company who's going to play that? Because if they're if they're if they're doing that to to other people, what do they think about me as a fan coming in? Do they really care? It seems like Disney has completely changed from what Disney used to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm and I'm and I'm talking more of the parks and the feel of the parks, but also with the content. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they just don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, that's the whole problem with them. Yeah, it's it's tragic. As a fan, as a fan, I hear you. As a fellow fan myself, I hear you. I, you know, I reserve more reservation for it because I'm kind. Of, to some extent, I'm an eternal optimist, and so I want to think that the best things can come out of a bad thing. But, I mean, this, Eric, this is a snowball that just continues to roll and roll and roll, and it hasn't been tossed into hell yet. That's my my worst fear is that this is still um, metastasizing. I hate using that word, but I think it's apt in in this situation because we're just seeing one thing added onto another, and that snowball is getting bigger. And again, Bob Iger has yet to roll it into hell. And if that happens, oh my gosh, it just makes me concerned that basically it makes me concerned that they're going to do so much damage that they've already haven't done that it's going to be irreversible. And then we are going to start to see more of a massive uh, deluge of fans not go to the move, not pay money to go see the films, and not go to the theme parks, and not do this and not do uh, yes, and well, you not, know, and not it, buy the merchandise and everything else like that. And, and especially in a, in a in a period here where you know the economy in this country is really up in the air right now, still. and that, that's the other thing. And still, and I mean, it's kind of yeah. like okay, so like I like I talked about before, you know, you're kind of like looking at like, am I going to go into debt now to go to Disney? I mean, what am I getting? What is the value that I'm getting for that money? You know, and then, and then the other thing that I'll just bring up real quick is just yep. and also with the parks and with the Genie Plus and with all that with taking away the Lightning Lane, it's like. Yep. You know, it, 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 it people were complaining about it. it just seems like they're trying to nickel and dime everyone, and it does seem like that. So when you're weighing all this as a family, and I mean, as far as the streaming services, do I want to pay for that per month? And then you go into the parks, and then right. go to the movies. 
I mean, you know, that's that all plays into it. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, ultimately it, it would be nice. And, and I'll be an optimist and I'll say that, yeah, I, I think Disney can come out of this. And I hope that they do because I do love the parks and I, and you know, and, and our family does love Disney and we, we mm-hmm. love the parks and going and enjoying that. And, and, you know, most of the content we really enjoy. Um, so I'll be an optimist and say, yes, I hope they do. But at this point, you know, I may have to think twice if I'm thinking about spending my dollar with Disney. <laughs> well, I openly stated on uh, previous editions of Pardon the Intermission that when we first did, when we did our first show announcing that Bob Iger was coming back, I initially said this was great. I was stoked for it because mm. again, Iger, like you alluded to earlier, was the one who started this whole ball rolling of creativity, which ultimately has has cast a major shadow of doubt over the Disney empire. But I'm still going to maintain, and I will say that I still think Bob Iger coming back will be a good thing. Look, okay. we knew that this was not going to be a seamless transition. Mm. This situation was going to get a lot uglier before it got a lot better. And we're starting to see the ugly right now. And again, knowing that Iger comes from that creative background, I'm still holding out hope that he can do something. But also realizing, too, Eric, that, look, make no mistake about it. Bob Iger is not a flower child. Okay, this guy is still a creator, but at the same time, he's a businessman. Mm -hmm. This guy is a shark in the water. And when he smells blood, he's going to go after it. And so we need to keep that in mind, too, that while this is entertainment for all of us, behind closed doors, this is backstabbing business. But with that being said, hypocrisy meter turned on here. I still have hope and I still have optimism that Bob Iger can eventually right the ship and get back to the again, like you alluded to earlier, the core elements that made Disney Disney. Well, and and uh, just just to just to finally cap it off here, I think you yes. mentioned shark in the water, and all I will say is, who does have a shark in the water? Uh, <laughs> Universal. Yes, they do. <laughs> I think they Bruce. are smelling blood. So and his name is Bruce. <laughs> Fish offerings, not food. <laughs> Whoa! Speaking of, hey guys, food. yeah, that's all the time we went a little over again, but we enjoy talking about it so much we couldn't help it anyway we hope you like the show please review it and subscribe if you haven't check out our social media we're on twitter at pti underscore podcast and on facebook at pardon the intermission all right guys hey take care we hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next time god bless see you on the flip side hey thank you so much for listening Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.